Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or 14 minutes usually, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps keep us focused on a relationship with God. It helps keep us strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, and it helps keep us better able to deal with life every day help people in your life to turn their lives around, to come closer to God, maybe even get to heaven by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. What a great blessing for you to help them turn their life around. A great blessing for them, but also for you. So make that commitment today. We're going to finish up our line of thought and study. We're talking about, we're asking the question, is there an unforgivable sin? Well, Hopefully by this time, if you've been listening, following along with us, you've come to understand that I don't believe the scriptures teach that there is any sin that is unforgivable as long as we are willing to come to God for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, coming to him in God's way, laid out for us in the scriptures. Now, as we bring this particular study to a close, and again, I've, I've run into over many years of preaching and, and ministry, I've run into a few people who believe, or at least are concerned, that maybe they might have committed an, the unforgivable sin, whatever they understand that to be. Now, some believe, perhaps, that they have committed it, or they're concerned that maybe they have, or maybe in some cases, there are, there are people who, who believe that they have been so sinful, so wicked, They've lived such evil lives for such a long period of time that they believe God would not forgive them in any way. But all need to come to understand that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance, 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. And as we've read in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, John wrote by inspiration, God's very word, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, what about the person who would not repent of their sins? What about the person who would not come to God for forgiveness his way through Jesus Christ? Well, how could we ask for that person's forgiveness? All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not leading to death, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 17, and then also verse 16, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. Well, what would be a sin leading to death? That, we, that, that John writes God's word here saying, you don't need to be praying for forgiveness for that person because that's a sin leading into death. Was that the unforgivable sin that people were afraid of? Going back to chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That phrase, all unrighteousness, leaves out no sins that cannot be forgiven of. Well, but a person who refuses to repent which means a change of mind that leads to a change of life. 
Well, that person cannot be forgiven because repentance precedes forgiveness. On Pentecost, when asked by some of the Jews gathered there that day, what shall we do? Peter responded, and he, boy, he had, he had just preached a blistering sermon on how they had rejected Christ. And probably there were a number within that crowd of thousands who had blasphemed the name of Christ. But when asked, what shall we do? He, he replied directly, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When Saul of Tarsus, who had been a blasphemer of Jesus, tried to compel Christians to deny Christ, hunted them down, was a, an enemy of the church, when he had been confronted by the Lord, when he had come to recognize his grievous mistake, he had come to believe in Jesus. And so Ananias, a Christian man sent by the Lord to teach Saul, he said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. But now, if someone rejects the word of God, then he has rejected the last lifeline, so to speak, for forgiveness salvation, and eternal life. He can disbelieve in God and then come to his senses by reading God's word and coming to understand that it is absolutely truthful, and he can come to believe in God. He can believe in God and and not believe in Jesus, but then studying God's word come to understand that he had been wrong about that, and he can come to believe in Jesus as God's son and his Lord and Savior. But if he doesn't believe the Bible, then he has rejected the last hope. Through God's word, he can come to believe in God even if he had disbelieved initially. Through God's word, he can come to believe in Jesus even if he had disbelieved in Jesus initially. But if he doesn't believe in God's word, he's given up the last lifeline of hope for forgiveness. The word was written by men guided by the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote. So in rejecting God's word, they've rejected the Holy Spirit. They've rejected their last hope. If you're worried that you might have committed the unforgivable sin, that's, pretty, that's probably a pretty good sign that you have not committed it. You want to know, what can I do? No one today can commit the eternal sin in precisely the same way the Pharisees did. Christ is not visibly present on earth. Men do not see him performing miracles, and thus one cannot insult the Spirit in exactly a parallel fashion as we read in Matthew, Mark, and Luke in, in the early stages of this particular study. On the other hand, the evidence for Christ's miracles is as compelling today as it was when he walked upon this earth. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Due to the integrity of the sacred scriptures. The scriptures teach us the truthfulness of Christ 
demonstrated through the power of God in his performing those miracles. But if you reject the scriptures, then you're rejecting, again, that last lifeline of eternal hope for eternal life. A person who persistently rejects the New Testament, that evidence that undergirds the Savior's credibility, well, that person has, in principle, exhibited the same attitude the Pharisees did in blaspheming Christ. In blaspheming Christ, even in the, in, in the face of his performing those miracles by the power of God, Paul himself had been a blasphemer. In his first letter to Timothy, he conceded that prior to his conversion, he was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and that he was injurious to Christians. Nonetheless, he received pardon, he said, because his conduct, as bad as it had been, was done in ignorance and unbelief. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Can there be any doubt that this persecutor had spoken against the miracles of the Lord and against the spirit by which they were performed by our Lord? Later, though, his heart was changed. He repented. He sought forgiveness through Jesus Christ as he was baptized for the remission of his sins. He was forgiven. He was saved. And he became a great gospel preacher. Now, if you think, I've heard that reasoning before, and it does not help, then may I, may I suggest to you that you stop looking to just your feelings and trust God's Word, as we emphasize incessantly in these studies. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10, 10 and verse 17, trust God's Word word. The only sin today that is unforgivable, as I can understand it in the scriptures, is the one that is not repented of, the one that is not sought forgiveness for. The word of God tells us that we can be forgiven if we will repent and seek God's forgiveness his way through Jesus Christ as we're baptized, buried with him in the waters of baptism for the remission of our sins. God did not spare his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Romans 8 and verse 32. Can we possibly believe that God would give his only begotten son to suffer and die on the cross of Calvary and then not want us to be saved? Let's boil it down. The unforgivable sin? What is it? It's rejection rejection, continual rejection of the gospel plan of salvation and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. The rejection of God's word. There is no hope beyond that. 
we'd like to help you. We'd be glad to talk with you. You can contact us at 402-498-8397. 402-498-8397. We can talk. Or you can contact us by email through our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and we can communicate that way. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help you. Believe, believe God's word. You can be forgiven if you will repent and come to him through Jesus Christ in repentance and obedience as you're baptized into Christ. And the blood that is shed on the cross will cleanse you of the guilt of your sins, whatever they might be. Let's pray. Father, please guide us to obey you. Please guide us, Father, to believe in your word and to take full advantage of its instructions as to how we can be forgiven of all of our sins through Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, for your forgiveness. Please guide us into it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.